Hello and welcome to the Highly Sensitive Soul Podcast. My name is Lisa Matthews, and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Highly Sensitive Soul podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Matthews, and today I am looking out at a beautifully sunny day. It very much feels like spring is in the air and that it's way too early. (laughs) We are actually all wanting more snow here. As I live in a mountain town, it's very much a ski town. So when I went out the other day, uh, there was there was some sharks poking out, meaning there's some rocks that are getting uncovered and uh, makes for some very interesting skiing when you don't expect there to be uh, rocks at this time of year. So I'm just going to enjoy the fact that the sun is warm. It feels great on my face from that sensory perception, it feels beautiful to feel warmth again. And yeah, from the other side, that spring is here very early, or maybe we just have a really warm spell. Um, yeah, I'm just going to let that be for now. I guess it's a bit too worrisome to uh, yeah, really dive into it too much. Hopefully we're just in a warmer cycle and we're going to get some more uh, at least snow and cool weather coming. That sounds like a weird thing to say, but I do occasionally enjoy cool weather because bundling up with a cat on the couch, having a cup of tea, these are pretty high up on my highly sensitive things I like to do. (laughs) I'm guessing I'm not alone in that. So as you saw from the title of this episode, I am leaving social media. I am really sinking into this reclaiming of my focus in deeper and different ways. I'm going to start this all off with the caveat that just because this feels right for me doesn't mean it's the way that is best or should be done for anyone else. As I've just shared in a newsletter I sent out, We do what feels best for us. And if you've been following me for the last few years, you'll have seen that this isn't a new thing. This idea of digital mindfulness, this idea of using technology really intentionally. I've been experimenting and working and learning on this for years. And because... there's new technology, there's new ways I've been interacting with it. It's been a journey. And for a long, long time, I thought, because I have a business and a practice, I have to be on social media. And oh, wow, that is not true. Now, I've started to see this wave a little bit of a sea change even. Some of the people that I follow and look up to, I feel like they've got a, a pretty intentional, purposeful way of living that, and it aligns, it resonates with me. They started leaving social and I kind of went, huh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> At first it felt a little bit too too overwhelming, too different isn't the right word. I was, I'm okay with being different, but there was a sense of safety in being on social media, especially from a a business standpoint. I felt like I was doing something every time I posted or every time I replied to a comment, it felt quote unquote productive. Though, let's be honest here, how many of us whether you have a business or or not, but okay, especially if you have a business, have you felt like, oh, I did things today. And yet most of that time was spent on social media, kind of 
jumping around, kind of maybe making a post or two, maybe making some replies and messages, throwing some stories up there. But have you ever gotten to the end of your workday and gone, yeah, I, I did stuff. I Here's the proof. You can see it. It's written there in text on social media and whatever platform you use, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, different from social, but I'm lumping it in together. And yet at the same time, kind of feel like you haven't had a lot to show for all that posting, for all that time spent making stories, making beautiful graphics. For me, I really was starting to feel like social media was a weight, like there was a heaviness associated with it for me. And it became first, my first experiments were just limiting the time spent. Okay, I'm going to clock in at, you know, 11 o'clock, and I'm going to make sure that I'm off there by 1130 with everything done. And then I won't go back on. I can tell you that didn't work. (laughs) And then I tried different experiments where I deleted it over the weekends. And that was really helpful. That was like, ah, kind of a breath of fresh air. Okay, I can think a little bit more clearly here. This is this is nice. And I kind of start the week when I downloaded Instagram again with this inner sense of uh, there's almost a warrior energy to it. Like I am not gonna get overtaken by this. I am gonna be able to stick to my 30 minutes or whatever I laid out at that moment in time. And invariably I would go to social media if I wanted stress relief, if I wanted to just fill a few minutes when I was waiting for something, if I was just kind of, yeah, bored. (laughs) So one of the books that I first listened to, it was an audiobook, and then later read, uh, is called Bored and Brilliant. Now... This started to give me a sense of the importance of allowing myself to be bored. Now, I had to find some safety in this because boredom can feel like one is being, again, this charged word, unproductive. And in our, well, I live in a very westernized culture, that is seen as lazy, wasting time. You're not reaching your full potential. And so I had to first renegotiate my relationship to boredom. To be okay with a gap in time where I just let my thoughts wander. There are actually inc- an incredible amount of research saying how we really need boredom for creativity. We need that mental spaciousness to connect the dots on things we wouldn't have seen before. Now, this is definitely a gift of highly sensitives, being able to see connections between things that others might miss. So I can definitely go down the rabbit hole of how being bored and not having a specific task can actually be incredibly valuable for coming up with these new ideas, for integrating information. And I'm just going to leave it at a book recommendation for now. (laughs) That Bored and Brilliant is a great book. Um, I'll pop it in the show notes. Now, that was one aspect of it. The other aspect where I overuse social media is when I felt stressed, if I felt dysregulated, meaning I wasn't in a calm or just okay enough space, an inner sense of antsiness, if you will. You can kind of insert any emotion, any challenging emotion or challenging way of being as being dysregulated. So this could be sadness anger, grief, that is outside of one's capacity to be with it. And learning to be with these more challenging emotions 
has both a lot of value and yeah, it's hard at times. So that was another chapter in this journey of really sinking in and going, okay, am I going to distract myself from whatever I'm feeling? And is that maybe the best thing for me right now? I know I've used social media as a coping tool for sure. I have experienced anxiety. Uh, Panic attack is not a fun thing (laughs) to experience. So being that this is very much my lived experience and that I've done a lot of healing work, a lot of therapy, a lot of my own inner work to better be with my emotions, to find safety in the challenging states. That doesn't mean I still didn't want to reach for my phone, which then just became a habit. The trigger would be, ooh, there's that uncomfortable sensation in my belly. Oh, I'll just reach for my phone for a few minutes. And look at the clock and an hour has gone by. And then feel really crappy about myself because I just wasted an hour. And felt overstimulated from all of the, well, visuals and texts that I saw as well as the energies that I'd connected with. Now, I decided I didn't want to live that way anymore. I wanted to expand my toolbox even deeper and honestly really go back to some of the tools that I knew worked really well for me to sink into some of the practices that were helpful and go, you know what? This has become a habit. I've got a chance to renegotiate this, to rewire this in my brain. Because it felt very unconscious. I have something, say get some challenging news, reach for my phone, that would kind of be like an automatic response. A mental shortcut to distracting myself from that, whatever that emotion was, that challenging state. It's hard being highly sensitive sometimes. We live in a really fast-paced world. And I decided there is so much beauty and harmony and wonderful things in my life already. I like to consciously shift my focus more onto them, get some extra support where I need it, and start to renegotiate this relationship with social media, technology, and my phone. So if any of this is resonating with you so far, if you've experienced this, and if you want to explore some changes, this is definitely something that I support people with as part of the bigger picture in creating a life with less anxiety, less stress, less overwhelm, as we work on bringing in more self-care, bringing in more work-life balance and more intuitive magic into life. And this digital mindfulness piece is really, really important in some cases. I'd hazard a guess that most of us could use a little bit of that renegotiating with our phones. Now, I'm not anti-technology. I'm recording this on my computer, on a microphone right now. I'm (laughs) not uh, saying we need to throw out our computers and phones. Just that we need to rewire our relationship to us when they aren't supporting us. So if you would like some help with this from someone that has explored this for quite a few years now, you're welcome to book a highly sensitive tea chat. This is a half hour, no cost meet and greet session where we'll check in and see how being highly sensitive shows up for you specifically. Some of the challenges that you're navigating 
and I'll share a tool or a practice just for you based off what you've shared. And then we can find out if it's a good fit for some of this deeper work together. So you can head to my website, combinationhealing.ca, and just look for the teal. Of course, teal is one of my favorite colors, big surprise. You can look for the teal book now button, and that will take you over to my online booking where you can find a time that works for you. And I have a lot more I'd love to share on this today, so... Let's dive in a little bit more into what didn't work for me. Maybe you can learn from some of my mistakes and save yourself some time. It didn't have to take me as long as it did, and yet this was my journey. So one of my most recent experiments was to take a really extended social media break and... I mentioned this on the podcast, I think at the winter solstice episode, the one year anniversary episode, just that I was logging off for a while and I wasn't quite sure when I would be back and what it would look like to be on social media in the new year. Now, that was around, I think my last post saying I was taking a social media break was December, I think it was the 22nd, 23rd. And yeah, I deleted it off my phone. Instagram's my main flavor in social media world. And had kind of an excited sense of like, okay, I I have this inner sense of permission of taking a longer break, but really, who needs permission? (laughs) I did. And that's okay. So I needed to let people know I was going away for a while. And I actually have not downloaded it on my phone since. Now, one of the things I noticed, and this was not the first time I've deleted Instagram off my phone. I used to have a regular practice of deleting it on weekends and then not logging on after 5 p.m. That worked. That was one way of negotiating it. But again, if I was in a state of wanting to reach for it as a distraction, then no amount of willpower was strong enough. (laughs) So the habit was so ingrained to reach for it that, uh, yeah, that that didn't end up working quite as well as I would have have wanted, sort of the deleting on weekends and not going on, on after five. It worked for the most part, but there were still some challenges with it. So my more extended break from solstice, which even before that, I had been not on it very much at all. Basically updating with podcast episode posts. And that's been kind of my, been quietly winding it down for a good six months. Haven't said much about it, but yeah, aside from a a few stories, occasional bursts of stories and mostly podcast posts, I didn't actually write a lot of new posts there. But the point that I'm getting to is that when I had that full cut, I went to YouTube. I ended up actually spending, at first, more time. I didn't, um, I was tracking it for a little bit, and then that in itself felt a bit, um, felt a bit much. So I felt like I was spending more time on my computer because I was on YouTube. And I went, huh. Interesting. I've kind of essentially replaced one thing for another. And for me, YouTube is even stickier than Instagram, meaning if I hop on there, I could be on for a very long time. And part of this coincided with a a very full-on and yet really lovely trip to the coast to see my family over Christmas It was a last minute surprise visit. I didn't even tell anyone I was coming, just showed up. (laughs) And so that was really fun. But I also went over my moon time, which again, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I generally am pretty restful. I really take a lot of time to myself over my moon time, over my period. And I really used up some resources on that trip used up my batteries a bit on that trip. 
And I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad I got to spend Christmas with my family, as I haven't for a while. And it was a really meaningful holiday. Yet, I needed some big recovery time after that. And I know for myself, personally, if I have been in a really, yeah, full-on situation, it's quite a big drive there, I was still, wasn't feeling that great, and just from my moon time, because I was out and about, and it was, um, yeah, as I said, I dug into my resources a little bit, and very happy I was able to do that, that I had the resources to allow me to go. So when I am in recovery from that, and that sounds like such a big word, like recovering from an illness, but no, as a highly sensitive, I plan recovery time. Just nourishment and self-care for my nervous system. But that is also a danger zone for me, for phone use. I know this about myself. I've watched it happen. And so, I, but I kind of missed that a little bit at first when I went off Instagram, went back to visit with family over the holidays, used up a lot of my batteries, I had a great time going, and then got home into what I'd saved a few days for recovery time before going back to work. And yeah, was on YouTube a lot over that time. So I kind of missed pre-planning for that. And it was a good lesson in, oh yeah, okay, this is just a time in that recovery mode to maybe plan it out a little bit more than just let myself reach for whatever's handy. So if I have some really great books that I can just reach for, if I set up uh, some really gentle walks with friends, these, or especially if I'm in super recovery time, solo walks in the woods, these are all things... In hindsight, I could have just gently pre-planned for myself and I probably would have spent a lot less time on my phone. But this is me being transparent, being really honest and saying that it doesn't always go to plan. And so we look at what happened, we adjust and we change. So while this is a reasonable, reasonable break, up to about seven, eight, like eight weeks, I guess now, off of social media, which doesn't sound that long. This has been a winding down of it for, as I said, six months, which years before I've been putting in those different boundaries around social media. There's little things you may have noticed. I stopped sharing my social media handle anytime I was interviewed or even on the podcast here. I stopped navigating people over to my Instagram page because I knew I wasn't going to be there as much. But in this last few months off of social media, it was so delightful to really reclaim my focus. To really sink into letting my attention be used in the way that I want it to be used. When the goal of social media or YouTube or kind of insert uh, a number of apps here, but when essentially the goal of social media is to keep a person on their platform as long as possible, and when my goal is to do meaningful, intuitive, heartfelt work, that requires really deep focus. Those two goals didn't align, their goal and my goal. So I'm not out to jump on a whole social media is terrible, everyone get off it boat. Again, as I started this episode, definitely tune in and see what feels best for you. No judgments, no rules with this but especially as heart-based business owners, as people that tune into their intuition, that feel led by their soul and their practices, there is a pretty strong message that you need to be on social media. And for me, those two goals of 
social media wanting me to stay on that platform and engaged or to consume content as much as possible and for as long as possible, that doesn't fit with the spaciousness I need to tap into my own intuition, to listen to my own inner voice, to hear the stirrings of my soul speak about what I need to be offering, what I need to be writing, and just how to live as the best self I can. That is probably the most fundamental reason, one of the biggest reasons why I'm leaving social media, so those different goals. With another, which honestly is probably even more fundamental, is that I felt like my focus was so scattered. And my focus, my attention is really precious to me. I've used that term before, and I don't say it lightly, that it's precious to me. Because as a person, not even just as a highly sensitive, but as a person, I have so much energy, time, focus, attention that I can put into, say, a project, that I can put into something that's meaningful to me, that I can put into, say, growing a garden. And when my focus was really being scattered and broken down into these bite-sized pieces, when I noticed a big difficulty in sitting down and reading nonfiction deep dive books, and I would find myself reaching for my phone halfway through a chapter, because I'm like, oh, this is bogging my brain down to read this, but I also want to learn it. I'll just have a quick check. That just wasn't okay for me anymore. From all my work in chronic pain and my work when craniosacral even, like I know how malleable and changeable the brain is. Our brain and our nervous system are constantly rewiring based off what stimulus we put in. So for me, this constant stimulus of look at this picture and then look at that picture and read this text and then, oh, emotional bomb of someone sharing something really, really vulnerably, but that I felt straight to my core. That kind of like skipping around with my attention, that was just rewiring my brain to be looking for those short, more basically bite-sized pieces of information going back to the Bored and Brilliant book, that was the first time I learned about how reading on a screen versus reading physical paper have, well, basically different processes in our brain. We tend to skip and skim a lot more looking for what we deem is the relevant keywords or information we want to pull out on a screen. We have a reduced ability to remember what we've read, and that means a reduced ability to understand and integrate what we've read. So even though that uh, Bored and Brilliant book goes back a few years now when I first listened to it and then read it, that was the understanding that I needed to go, oh, when they looked at people reading on paper, like a physical book you can hold in your hands, learning comprehension went up, that understanding of what they've just read, that actually happened. But in a way, I knew I was training my mind to read in that skip and skim kind of way, which made a lot of sense because when I sat down to read a physical book on maybe a deeper dive topic, maybe on, I have so many awesome books, and yeah, maybe on a more spiritual topic, maybe diving deeper into the nervous system. And there's a lot of great people I want to learn from, and I learn through their books. But when I realized, oh, I'm skipping and skimming, I'm looking for these bite-sized pieces of information, this was a big motivator for me to step back, 
to think about how I'm interacting with screens. Now, I've had a lot, as I've said, a lot of background experiments before being more open about what I've been shifting here. I even offered a program last year and ran a program called Healing Habits, which was about how to tap into digital mindfulness, reduce our screen usage, and sink into sacred self-care by learning different practices and tools and knowledge of how we're wired as highly sensitives with that intention of reclaiming focus as well. So... Suffice to say, not my first rodeo with uh, renegotiating that relationship to social media, screens, and my phone. But really, yeah, that was a big one when I started to see that I wasn't able to truly sit down and read kind of anytime I wanted. There'd be certain times throughout my menstrual month. Again, I talk a lot about cycle tracking here. There'd be certain times when I felt a little bit more able to pay attention for longer stretches. But by and large, I was like, I want to be able to weave information from so many different places and integrate it into a cohesive offering for people. And if being on social media is diminishing my ability to do that, well, it was time to go. So it's definitely been a journey. I hope this isn't sounding all doom and gloom here. Because it's also empowering to go as someone with a business that has a large online component. Leaving social media is not the end of the world. I have other ways of connecting with people and other ways of growing my business. So if you're someone with your own business and have felt that kind of pressure to be on social media when you don't want to. Just know there's other options. And if you want some support in renegotiating that, I can help out. There's also other people you may have already seen talking about this. So connect with whoever resonates if you want some support, because you don't have to do this journey alone. So as a bit of a recap... This is a really, what I feel, a very empowering decision to do what is working best for me. I'm growing my business differently. I actually haven't had a personal, well, I guess I do have a personal account on Facebook. I just never use it. (laughs) But I have never had a personal uh, Instagram account. So I've always been on because of the business. And if I probably would have asked the spirit of my business would have tuned in, I probably would have gotten the answer a lot earlier. You don't have to force yourself to be on there. And don't get me wrong, it was a lot of fun. I loved seeing people's stories. I loved seeing people's offerings, cheering people on when they're like, hey, I've got a new course, and even just sending someone a quick DM to congratulate them. Like there was definitely a lot of fun things about social media. I can also usually see that in an email or if I'm close enough with that person, they'll just tell me about it. And then I can congratulate them over a phone call or we can go for a walk. Social media is a tool. It is essentially a way to connect with people for sure. But let's not forget there are so many ways to do that. So there's a bit of this sea change, as I started this episode off with, of some people leaving social media. And I didn't quite get why it was that important to them. And as I really sunk into this more, as I noticed how many benefits I felt, realized I'm going to walk along with them. And because I'm my own person and I choose how to do things in my own way, I realized as I did this kind of final experiment of an extended break off social media, 
I realized I use it a lot more than I thought for things like messaging. So anytime someone would message me, occasionally I'd hop on my via my computer and just send them a message say, thanks for reaching out, let's shift this over to email. So there was an element of me having to kind of transition people over to connecting in other ways, either email or Zoom. But I realized, yes, that idea that social media is a tool and that I also use it to check out people's messages, people's vibe, whether that be a potential podcast guest, someone that I'm looking at working with. That was probably the biggest noticing that I hadn't kind of cottoned on to yet that, oh, I use social media for more than posting, getting lost in infinite scroll and stories and messaging people. That was that little difference of, oh, I do actually find it helpful and valuable to be able to get a bigger sense of someone Say if their website is it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, and I want to kind of get a little bit more of a flavor for them. So I'm leaving social media in the fact that I won't be posting, I won't be on there regularly. If people message me, it's probably going to be <laughs> a lot of crickets there because I would love, and I don't foresee this ever happening, I would love to have a, an auto... Um, message responder that just says, you know, I no longer reply to messages, please contact me here. So for the next few months, I may hop in once and just kind of catch up on messages, but I'm going to put it in my profile as well. I think that I'm not going to be checking messages. If people want to connect with me, I know they can click on the other links and find me through email. So I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt that I have ways they can find me. But that's probably the one thing that I still find useful is to just explore people that I want to work with more or potential podcast guests. So while I'm not deleting my account just yet, I'm going to leave it open because so far, other than using it for those things, I haven't really been on it. So we'll see. If I end up fully deleting my account one day, I got a lot of ideas and posts and things I probably want to pull off there first. But for now, I just don't need to interact. And I have so many other ways to connect with the wonderful people here. So given that I won't be sharing on social media, if you want to stay in touch with me, if you want to hear about, oh, there's stories from my own life that I don't share anywhere else that I send out in my newsletters. And I get a lot of really wonderful replies from people just saying something along the lines of either, I didn't know that someone else felt like that way too, or just how much they enjoyed or learned something new about themselves. So if you want to keep in touch and knowing that I won't be on Instagram anymore or want to hear about upcoming circles, offerings, ways that I can support you, you can head over to my website, combinationhealing.ca forward slash free. You'll find the brand new Nourish Your Roots grounding meditation that you can drop your name and your email and I'll sign or send rather that on over to you. That will also get you into the newsletter aspect of it. So that's an option if you'd like. I generally try and keep everyone up to date on events by the podcast, but sometimes things pop up last minute and they're all only going to be out on the newsletter. So just to keep you up to date. So in, in summary, bring it all together. Some of the reasons I'm leaving social media are to reclaim my focus, to think deeply, to better be able to do what matters to me, to listen to my intuition, to calm my anxiety. And there's also that insistent 
need I have felt. Seriously, anyone else? I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in this. To take pictures all the time so that I then have something to use for story backgrounds. (laughs) There's a lot of times on walks, I'm just like, wow, it's beautiful to see the light coming through the trees. And where I'd normally either walk by or I do like taking pictures just for my own coming back to them, coming back to that memory later. But I take like, instead of just one or two, I take like 10, trying to find the best angle. And then by the time I have that picture, I've lost the moment. So I will definitely be taking less pictures can walk around with my phone less because I'm not going to feel like I'm going to miss taking a picture of something or capturing something for social media later. This feels like an empowering decision for myself, both personally as a highly sensitive, to reduce stimulation in my life, to reduce how much energy I take in. Visually, I find we, yeah, we take in energy very quickly. So it's helpful for me, myself, and I, for those reasons and more, to reclaim my creativity in a deeper way, to better be with boredom and the benefits of it. And I've also found I'm moving a lot more. I've actually started Pilates again, which is new for me. I feel like I actually have a bit more oomph in me to go out and do more things. I don't quite feel, generally I don't feel drained all that often anymore. Thankfully after years, which didn't have to be years, but all these years of inner work, I don't feel drained all that often. But after a big infinite scroll session on my phone, yeah, I probably feel pretty drained. So I have more energy Moving helps me feel stronger again. And after someone who's experienced really deep illness and burnout, it's taken a while to find my feet again. Plus, I tend to have a much cleaner house (laughs) when I'm not on the phone as much. Since I've made kind of this last bigger break, I've gone through some of this is the spring cleaning urge, I'm sure. But I've gone through some drawers, I've reorganized the storage room a bit, I've gotten into some of the the nooks and crannies that were kind of like the one-day projects. And as I'm sitting there, I had to plan. So I just, I'll add in this quickly. I had to plan, just like I missed kind of pre-planning my recovery after my holiday trip. I do have to plan, well, what else am I going to do? Say if I'm feeling like I want that distraction, if I've had some challenging news or something's happened that I'm coming back and regulating myself, I have to plan other things that I do so that I don't automatically reach for my phone. But there's not a lot on there now. It's really pretty basic on there now, so that helps too. Have you ever deleted Instagram or Facebook or Messenger off your phone or something and then gone to automatically, like you open your screen up and you go to tap that spot and you're like, oh, it's it's not there. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that. Yeah, so this is kind of a running, running list of things that have been helpful. Some of the reasons I've left social media and that, yeah, there's this uh, quick tip I want to impart to you that if you want to start renegotiating or continue renegotiating how much time you spend on your phone, plan out and have it ready what you're going to reach for. I always make sure that I have just some easy breezy reads on my ebook now. Yes, I know that's a screen. I don't find I skim as much. And I make sure that I have things that are easy to, like I have my oracle cards right there ready. I can go and sit down for five minutes, pull some cards. I spend a little bit more time getting myself out the door for a walk rather than, oh, I've only got 20 minutes. I'll just do this quick check-in. Then it ends up being 25 minutes and I'm late to whatever I'm trying to get to. So instead I go, okay, I have 20 minutes. I have enough time to get into the forest. 
Now, I'm, of course, very grateful I live so close to the forest. So I hope that paints a picture on some of the benefits I've experienced making this decision, leaving social media, not needing it as a business owner, knowing also that some business owners love using it for social media. They love connecting with new clients that way or current clients. They love connecting with people. And for me, I just found it too fast. (laughs) I needed a slower pace. And I really am enjoying even more spaciousness in life now. So I'm going to leave you with these few thoughts. If you're thinking, hey, this actually sounds really good. I think I might want to try experimenting with leaving social media. Or maybe with deleting that app that you find yourself on way too often. Whatever the case might be, if you want to use your phone and screens less, first, sink into your why. Why do you want to do this? What do you hope to get out of it? Why is it important? If it's not meaningful, probably isn't going to be that much motivation to do it. This is not a willpower thing. I just want to add that in there. I have tried the willpower route. I have, I've literally run whole classes on willpower. So that's going to be a lot to sink into in 30 seconds. But in short, willpower can be like a muscle. We can build it up, can get it stronger. It also can be a bit like a battery. By the end of the day, we can run out of it. So if you know your kind of danger times, if it's right after work, say before you need to start cooking dinner, plan for that. But I don't want this to be a sense of, oh, it's a personal failure of mine. I felt this for a long time. It's a personal failure of mine because I can't stay off my phone. I'm weak because I keep reaching for it. I don't have enough willpower because I'm on Instagram again. No. We're going to step back from that because that is really, really hard on us. Very hard on our self-talk. So bringing in that compassion of, wow, that was a really tough moment. I wonder how I can be a little bit gentler with myself right now instead. So this first thought of why does it matter? The second thought that it's not all about willpower. Sure, that is an element, a flavor in this ingredient in this equation, but it's definitely not the full picture. These programs and apps are designed really well uh, to capture our attention. They do a really great job of it. So we need to use our own decision-making, get some support. And that could be just support from ourselves, talking with other people. Another thought I want to leave you with is to plan out what you're going to do instead of being on your phone. What is fun and easy and simple? If you want to tap into your creativity more, grab that mason jar, put markers in it, put pencils in it, whatever your medium is, something that you can access and sit down really, really easily at, like something that's easy to start. And leave a jar of pens, pencils, leave your sketchbook open on the table. The more you visually see it, the more it's like, oh, I could do that. If you make things a little bit easier to access that aren't your phone, if you make your phone harder to access, like turning it off, that alone will help. And last but not least, there are a lot more factors on reclaiming our focus than what I've brought in today. I actually just finished reading the book Stolen Focus by, I think, Johan Hari. 
hope I pronounce your name right. And it brought in a lot of the systemic factors that have led us to perhaps struggling with our focus. Things like lack of sleep, a systemic pressure to overwork, a capitalistic society, changes in food, diet, movement. So it is a great book. It is an intense read. Can be some bleak feelings in there for sure. But it was a really, I found a a still really helpful read. So this element of reclaiming focus goes wider than just leaving social media. And this is an element, one of many that I've done to step into my focus more, to reclaim my precious attention. So bringing in things that feel really wonderful, bringing in sacred self-care to build up your batteries so that you don't feel that inner need to reach for your phone if you're feeling out of sorts, so that you have other easy to use tools or practices that you can just within 10 seconds access. Sometimes we gotta widen our toolbox first. So with all that being said, I'm not a Zen master at all of this. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm definitely finding a better balance with it. And I'm having fun doing so along the way. So I hope this has inspired you, perhaps been that just seed of an idea, maybe some extra motivation to play with changing your relationship to your phone and technology. As highly sensitives, it can be very healing for our nervous system to spend more time outside, less time on a screen. And I know I say that in a very in a very ironic time for that, given how much many of us are working from home right now. But when we have the opportunity to get out into the woods, to go sit at the ocean, to go explore a new place. How wonderful and what fun to bring into life. So I'm creating more space in my own life to be able to do just that. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you found it helpful, meaningful, if you want to share it with a friend, I invite you to just send them over the direct link. If you felt called to rate, review, leave some feedback, I'm all yours. And of course, if you'd like to stay up to date, if you've been following me on Instagram and seeing the crickets there, You're so welcome to join in to receive my newsletters by receiving the Nourish Your Roots grounding meditation. This is, of course, guided meditation to both ground and nourish yourself. If you head to combinationhealing.ca forward slash free, you'll find it there. All right, everyone, I'm going to move us towards a close for today. Until next time, bye for now.